I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, and welcome to All Things Policy. Some very dramatic developments are happening in the tech world this week, with Facebook apparently executing a threat to walk out on Australia. The reason why this is happening is because of a pretty unprecedented law that Australia has put forth, which would require Google and Facebook to really start engaging with the media outlets uh, that they work with in order to put content on their platforms. It has some pretty significant implications for the way that these social media giants operate across the world. And it also has some significant implications for the way that media outlets, which have been profoundly affected by uh, the operations of Google, Facebook and other social media giants, um, engage with So without any further ado, let's try to understand what exactly has happened and figure out where the world goes from here. Over to you, Prateek. Can you tell us a little bit about this new law that Australia has proposed? um, And why is it exactly that Google and Facebook have had such a furious reaction to to it? Yeah, so this actually goes back for three years where uh, the Australian Competition Commission uh, essentially conducted an inquiry into digital platforms. Uh, to try and identify what kind of effects they were having, right? Uh, they identified a bunch of adverse effects. One of one of which was that news content creators are reliant on these dominant digital platforms, but they face difficulties in monetizing their content. As a follow-up to that, in April last year, the Australian government asked the competition authority to basically develop a mandatory code to address these uh, bargaining power imbalances. Right now, this draft code was put out uh, sometime in July, and you know, uh, platforms and news broadcasters, etc., had a few months to to provide their comments on it. Right? Now, what's interesting about this draft code is that it places a number of uh, obligations on the digital platforms, and some of the more egregious ones that that have been discussed very heavily, right, are things like the fact that they have to notify you know these news outlets. If there are going to be any changes to their uh, algorithms that will affect, that can affect their business, that can affect how paywalled uh, content is displayed, or if there are going, you know, there are any other changes that will uh, affect how news content is displayed or how ads are displayed, right? Uh, and the initial uh, requirement was for was a twenty-eight day advance warning, unless done in public interest, in which case they could make the changes and then inform the uh, news outlet after that, but and, and I believe the bill changes to fourteen days. This is, I mean, this is absolutely incredible. If if you think about the way that, rather than focus on on what the law is saying, if you think about the fact that it's because these social media giants have such a important role to play in who reads what news, and if you look at the kind of consequences that has had over the last few years, right? Facebook, for example, constantly recommends to you the kind of content that you find appealing, uh, which means that um, on average, people tend to drift into um, these echo chambers or social media bubbles where they're only exposed to news that they find interesting. Google, on the other hand, has has also shaped 
the way that people think about um, information on various various topics in the very subtle but very profound ways if you if you, uh, how many of you actually look to the third or fourth page of google search results uh, i'm willing to bet that it's not a lot um, the vast majority of us if we're searching for information on a particular topic uh, we'll just google it and then click on the very first link that shows up as somebody who's interested in indian, indian history um it never ceases to amaze me how uh, when i search for even the most generic things i tend to be re- redirected quite uh, rapidly to um, blogs which are let's say it, i mean not really qualified to make to say anything about history uh, but nevertheless uh, as a result of that it's meant that perceptions can be very easily shaped by stuff that appeal to people's basic instincts and not necessarily are based on facts so now if australia comes in and says that you're going to have to notify media outlets when your algorithm changes uh, which means that everybody can um, tweak your tweak their content in order to remain on the top of google search results um, that's quite significant on the other hand if you're going to ask google to uh, to pay outlets for showing their content on search results again like it might it's not necessarily going to favor more fact based uh, media outlets but it's going to favor media outlets which have a large amounts of clout already in the first place so it it's going to have some fairly significant consequences should it actually come to pass um, it's going to profoundly shape information ecosystems which means that uh, by extension it's going to shape politics just as google and facebook have over the last few years but it's also going to basically bring more powerful uh, media outlets onto the same platform as it was going to to make it more easy for them all to shape public consciousness about various ideas so it it's very significant in that sense as well but i also think that it puts down some pretty important precedents for the way that these social media giants do business and also for the way that media outlets engage with them right so um tell us a little bit more about that prateek yeah so like you said right so it, it has provisions which basically says that uh, google and facebook need to enter some sort of agreement uh, with the news platforms to pay for their content and if they don't it gets kicked into mandatory arbitration where each party has to make a final offer and then you know the the arbitration will then go through and then decide which offer it's it's going to accept but the interesting thing it it all based on the assumption and the contested assumption that it's the platforms that are dependent on the news outlets right now you now you can creatively make arguments either way right uh, to say that look uh, google search would not be Uh, as useful as it is if it did not have news news outlets and new, news content on them right which is an argument you can certainly make but on on the flip side right the fact is that all these news uh, sites are heavily reliant on google and facebook for their traffic that question is not settled on in terms of uh, whether google and facebook actually owe these platforms money to use their content right or, or to, to to simply link to them right and that that's where this gets interesting and it also discounts the fundamental difference between google and facebook in in terms of how they get content right so now google still goes out and crawls websites and and indexes them any news outlet at any point in time can change their robots.txt file and stop this from happening if they choose to do so right but no one's really gone out and done that facebook on the other hand unless a user goes and posts content or the news outlet themselves through their page put those links on there that content doesn't really doesn't really get out there right so it it's also sort of conflating two very different ways in which uh, news content makes its way to you know either google search or on facebook's uh, platform right the the other interesting aspect is that 
the way google and facebook have been identified to be a part of this seems to be completely completely arbitrary right now I, again you know i'm very uh, critical of google and facebook when required uh, but in this case it just seems arbitrary and there's also no you know th- there's been no set of guidelines of okay how the next set of platforms may be identified right so if tomorrow we were to say hey twitter is going to be uh, it's going to be made part of this code today no one really knows how that's going to happen other than you know the the australian treasurer says so all right so I, in our conversation before this um, we talked about the way that these social media giants are now responding to this proposed law right one thing that uh, we started the episode with also is that facebook first threatened and then executed its threat to actually walk out from australia in a sense so a lot of stuff that would formerly have been shared on facebook can no longer be shared on facebook and you can't access news from various media outlets on facebook but what is google doing on the other hand yeah so so ever since the code came out both of them have been fairly vocal in saying that the code is unworkable uh, right and they've made veiled threats uh, to exit while continuing to negotiate with you know with the australian authorities right so apparently those negotiations are still going on but what google has done is google is entering into deals with individual publishers so they just recently announced a deal with news corp uh, with seven media you know so they're entering into the, into those deals for for their content facebook as you said made good on it made good on its threat to to walk out but what what they seem to have done is not just block sharing of uh, news content there seems to be an overreach in the way it's been executed and it also block a lot of government services a whole bunch of other informative services as well and that's understandably led to backlash right and the response to this right in even in tech policy circles Uh, has been very tribal uh, in a sense right people who are you know extremely vocal critics of google and facebook believe that this code is the right way to go while some are arguing that look uh, even if you want google and facebook to support journalism you know maybe this code is not the right way right there are other ways of doing it that do not seem as uh, as arbitrary and it's also spreading right what, what what typically happens in a case like this is other countries start looking at this and say hey how can we how can we do this now because around the same time that this happened google also announced a deal with with a bunch of french news outlets to pay them for their content and that was i think a conglomeration of about 100 uh, french media outlets that came together and you know and, and announced a deal because there's some background over there as well that's been going on uh, for a year but we're also seeing that in the eu itself the digital services act they want to incorporate parts of this right so this it could also serve as a sort of a blueprint in the way a lot of uh, countries are dealing with google and facebook and their uh, and their platform par especially when it comes to when it comes to news right can i actually add a couple of things here see we have um, for the most part of this debate and uh, and generally you know, this podcast also we have sort of put google and facebook in the same boat and i think that's also what the australian government is doing they have said that google and facebook are the only two people uh, that this is planned to target and this is how we're going to take it forward but if you look at the kind of the nature of these services and uh, and how they treat news it's it's actually fairly different and you'll see that in their responses so facebook actually has been trying to deemphasize news as a part of its feed uh, since a long time right uh, this is something that we can put in the show notes there's a link to a verge article that does a good job of explaining it but as casey newton puts it around 4% of of stuff on the news feed 
is actually works for journalism, which is quite different from, you know, compared to Google. Google has more stuff that's uh, linked to journalism. And generally, if I am, if I have to look at a new story, I, I Google it first and then I go to news links. So generally, Google has more to lose here. And if you look at the responses, Google is also the first to blink, I think, because of this. Because the code explicitly says that, um, listen, if you, you, you got to have a, a deal outside of this code and Facebook's response to that is, well, uh, I don't want to have a deal. So how about I just stop people from posting links? I mean, the execution of that has been botched, but um, generally Facebook has stood pretty, pretty firm on that. Google on the other hand has blinked and has, as Pratik said, tried to um, get deals with, is it nine media or seven media? I, I forget. And Rupert Murdoch is a big winner because Google is now going to pay him for stuff that News Corp is posting. But the other thing that we have to look at is this thing about binding arbitration, which is that the code says that you, there's basically a lot of binding arbitration that's going to happen if this code passes, which is that uh, two parties have to come to an agreement. And the, the thing here is that platforms hate the idea of that because um, imagine if a platform, let's say Google's hosting stuff from the print, right? And, uh, and the Google's hosting stuff from Times of India. So, of course, Google's going to offer less money to print than it is going to offer Times of India, just as a normal example. Here, it's it's in the print's best interests to shoot for the moon and tell them the highest number that they possibly can. So the print will likely say that I want to shoot for the moon and I want uh, X number of rupees, X amount of rupees for the content that you are hosting. Uh, Times of India will also shoot for the moon and say that uh, I'm I need this much money. And so will every other magazine. And if you, if the arbitration is binding, then the arbitrator is going to likely come down in the middle and say, how about you some meet somewhere halfway and, um, and Google, you pay this much to this. So, uh, so if, if I, if I can jump in there, this is, this is a point that actually they specifically addressed uh, in the report uh, that was put before the parliament uh, as well, which says that the arbitration will, will end up picking one of the two offers. Right. And, and that's how they've specifically, you know, they seem to be against the idea of taking the average of, of both deals. Right. And they said the arbiter has to pick one of the two offers, which they believe is grounds for or creates the incentives for people to, to go in and put reasonable requests. Now, whether that actually plays out in reality remains to be seen, but this is the position that they have taken on. I mean, what's likely going to happen here is that no one, no arbitrator is going to go, oh, I feel bad for Google, the big tech giant, or I feel bad for Facebook. They are more likely, uh, the, the incentive that news outlets are going to have is that if the average price is 50, they're going to ask for an 80. And you can say that it's going to overvalue their content. But I, I find it hard to imagine that arbitrators are going to rule in the favor of Google or Facebook if the price is not absolutely preposterous in, in that case. So even in that sense, I think it's a losing proposition for platforms. See, this is why I find it a little odd that detractors of Google and Facebook are in support of this law, right? I mean, on the one hand, it is cool that, yeah, Google is going to lose some money, but I mean, it's, it's money that they can, they can afford to lose. On the other hand, by like actually giving money to clickbaity outlets, as it were, it, it actually just accelerates some of the trends that we already saw in, in the media ecosystem. It basically means that Fox News now even has, has even more money to spread conspiracy theories. 
uh, as do their uh, equivalents in other countries. But speaking of other countries, I mean, that's something that's yet to happen, right? So if, if you're to create a law that says, okay, so companies in Australia uh, have this deal with Google where Google has to agree to reveal changes in their algorithm and their business model to these companies, doesn't that give them an unfair advantage over the rest of the world? Do you see other countries also trying to leap onto the bandwagon and now trying to force these social media giants to come to an accommodation uh, with existing media giants in these countries? Oh, absolutely, right. And uh, in fact, you know, I, I mentioned the deal with the French publishers, right? And a couple of days after that, the deal with, uh, I think the News Corp deal and a couple of other uh, deals in, in Australia were announced. Uh, now, a number of them haven't publicly stated what what the deals were worth, but there is a general sense that these are, you know, that Google has agreed to pay more uh, in Australia's case uh, to the extent that the treasurer is actually saying that, look, the very fact that these deals are happening means that this uh, bargaining code is actually working and it looks like we're able to get more lucrative deals, right? Now, if, you know, countries around the world are going to be looking at that and saying, countries, publishers around the world are also going to be looking at that and saying, hey, you know, I want a piece of this. And it's creating these incentives for this to be, you know, followed uh, across. We're already seeing some of that, some of that happen, right? like, like I mentioned, with, uh, with EU looking at, you know, uh, amending their Digital Services Act to incorporate uh, some elements of this, you know, I, I think it, it's a matter of time. The way things are going, more and more countries are going to try and do, uh, try and push similar similar measures on on platforms. I I agree with Pratik. The thing is, I, it's better to wait and watch a little more. I would say for most countries, because the I I'm a bit concerned about the incentive structure of what this deal is going to set. Because here, big corporations, big news platforms have more power than small yeah. platforms, even though the code, now let me uh, quote this from the code itself, is um, it enables digital platforms to publish standard offers, which provide smaller news media businesses with an efficient pathway to finalizing agreements with digital platforms. What it's basically saying is that if you are a small publisher, there will be a standard deal for you that you will take. Now, it's what defines a small publisher, how good is this standard deal going to be, because if it's if it's a decent deal and it offers small publishers, then what is to stop me as a micro publisher to go and take this deal, right? Uh, as someone who publishes a newsletter on Substack or so on. But, but my my whole thing is, I think there's a there's a better play here to wait and watch and examine how this sets the incentive structure going forward and see if if the incentives it sets are compatible with those of India or let's say the EU. I mean, I think all countries are going to be watching and that's why Facebook and Google are taking such hard stances. But um, yeah, it is the incentive structure that we have to keep an eye on and, and see how it develops. I, I'm actually a little surprised that Facebook went to the extent it did, right? Because when I was looking at this last week, right? And despite whatever Australia, you know, whatever the code says and how arbitrary it seemed, right? I, I would have thought that the two entities that don't want people to find out that they can work fine without them were Google and Facebook. Right? Google seems to have taken that uh, that stance. I guess they uh, they didn't follow through on their on their veiled threats to uh, to stop serving Australian customers. Facebook seems to have gone that way, and and I'm I'm honestly a little surprised because the, the way I see it, right, life will go on. Right, people will find alternatives, and you know even though theoretically Facebook had a stronger bargaining bargaining position. I think by going and exercising this, they've probably done themselves way more harm than good, right? I also go, go back to the point that you mentioned about you know funding 
uh, Fox News, right? And, th- and that's interesting because that's specifically something Google got criticized for, right? By by the very same set of people who were cheering on the fact that oh, this code is going to support uh, journalism, etc. Right? It's so, like you said, it's just tribalism, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there is certainly an element of uh, tribalism that's uh, that's come into the way people are interpreting or you know uh, evaluating how well this code this code will work right and the the other part that you said earlier also was you know that when you search for for content you find very questionable outlets linked there right and this is in a way creating in- incentives for that right uh, especially if you if google and facebook stop linking to to news services right what what what's going to happen is your low quality information is going to bubble up even further right? yeah it's it's creating those those issues as as well. Now we'll we'll have to see how that plays out. But yeah, at, at this point, it seems like the ones who benefit will be you know low quality content sources. All right. So that I think that's a good overview of how Google and Facebook are affected by this. But let's try to before we wrap up, let's let's try to look at the fundamentals of what is really going on here, right? I mean, how exactly and why exactly were Google and Facebook selected? As Rohan pointed out. Both of them have very different business models. Both of them engage with content from online publishers in profoundly different ways. What kind of precedent does it set that uh, Google and Facebook are are just being singled out and basically painted with the same brush and being forced to come to terms with particular outlets? Does it? Do you guys see a precedent being laid for a regulation of more social media firms like this? Would, for example, Twitter or, for example, um, Mastodon or any open source kind of platforms also have to deal with, with these rules? How do you see more generally social media platforms being shaped by this precedent in the years to come? Yeah, and that, that's been one of the criticisms of this, right? That it seems very arbitrary the way Google and Facebook have been picked. The cynical assessment has been just that, okay, they have deep pockets, they can afford to pay. That, that's that, that's basically Interestingly, Microsoft has come out in support of the code, not just in Australia, but saying that this is a model they would support, right? And again, I, you know, I, I think if you take a cynical view of that, it's that Bing stands to gain where where Google would, would lose out. So it's, it could very easily expand to more uh, to more social networks and more more platforms tomorrow. No one knows on what basis these these were selected. At least in terms of a set of you know well reasoned criteria, right? That doesn't that doesn't exist today. So potentially any other platform could could be picked up uh, in in the future, right? Twitter would be interesting because the amount of news content that's shared on on Twitter is far different from Facebook, right? It it create so. If and when Twitter is also, you know, uh, brought under this code, that that's going to be uh, an extremely interesting thing to watch out for because I, you know, I think Twitter's response is going to be very different uh, from Facebook. Right? They they can't afford to take the same hard stance that uh, that, that Facebook did. You know, it, it is in a sense that a sword of Damocles, right? On any on any of the other platforms as well, you, you don't know on what basis uh, you can be notified. Uh, notified tomorrow, and that comes across even in the responses right to to the bill uh, or to the draft code. Uh, even companies like Atlassian had uh, had gone in and, and and responded and basically pointed out these same set of criticisms that you know we don't know on what basis platforms have been picked. Uh, it doesn't necessarily change the bargaining power uh, equation that uh, that the code initially set out to do. Right? As Rohan pointed out, that right? your 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 in case of your smaller outlets, that imbalance still exists, right? So it, it doesn't solve that. All right. Rohan, any final thoughts? 
Yeah, I want to actually add one thing, which is um, I think we should also pay more attention to what this means, not just for social media platforms, but news outlets in general going forward. Because if to today the Australian government has said that this code exists and Facebook has said that you can't post links that originate in Australia, what this also means is that now more publications that where, whose links don't generate from Australia but cover Australia are going to get more traction, right? And so international news agencies are going to get um, more funding uh, in Australia, which which is something that I don't think a lot of people have talked about. What this means for India, in some sense, is that if this thing does ever come here, then our news outlets are going to change in a different manner because we have different uh, rules about news outlets when they're international and operate in India. I think there is an investment cap and there are also a bunch of other considerations because of which half post India was shut down and, and so on. So um, not only is this going to change things for social media going forward, depending on how other countries take this, but also going to significantly change how domestic and international news outlets uh, operate, especially if, uh, if this is the kind of consideration that we are going with. So I think interesting times ahead. I wouldn't be too optimistic on uh, on how these ramifications are going to turn out. But um, I guess it, it, it's something that can't be helped. So, yeah, please end to this podcast, I think. <laughs> I, I'm going to make it a little bleaker, actually. Because what Rohan said reminded me of something else. Is that, you know, uh, not just news outlets, right? If, if the idea is paying for links, right? It potentially extends far beyond just news, right? Because if, if, you're, if you're creating a, a model where links have to be paid for, right? I think as, as Tim Berners-Lee said, it, you're potentially breaking the entire open internet. Wow. Um, and just to add a little more bleakness to, to, to all of this, let's not forget that the Indian government has been uh, raiding small and large uh, news outlets quite frequently in the last few weeks. We hear a lot of cases of journalists being arrested and potentially having another means by which to uh, pressure social media platforms to uh, remove accounts or to uh, assist particular kinds of outlets with particular kinds of narratives is going to have some pretty significant consequences on the Indian information ecosystem uh, in the years to come. So perhaps we can uh, say that you should all consider moving to more open source platforms that won't might not necessarily come under the ambit of these laws for now. Uh, and please, please pay attention to how and why you're getting information on the internet and all the dynamics that are going on behind the scenes to bring it to you. On that note, thank you Rohan and Prateek for joining us today on All Things Policy. And uh, thank you all for listening to All Things Policy. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.